Thank you for joining us for Batman Begins during our summer hiatus. Next week, we're going to turn to a movie that we were asked by Netflix to preview back in January. This Rob Lowe movie is sentimental, but has great depth of story. That movie is doggone. Welcome to Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the doctor, Jeffrey Skopak, and his trusted assistant, Michael Pop, as they explore the intersection of faith, movies, and our contemporary context. Welcome back to Christ, Culture, and Cinema. And how are you today, Michael? Feeling great, feeling blessed, excited, ready to get into some uh, some good movies here coming up. Yeah, you know, I've been uh, been tracking. My wife has me watching on Hulu uh, this uh, series, Dropout, based on a true story. A gal goes to Stanford, drops out. Because she's driven to be like uh, Steve Jobs and others, creating a medical uh, device that could read your blood on a drop of blood, just a single drop, you know, figure all the things out wrong with you. Small problem. It never worked. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. And uh, this thing got deployed to uh, Walgreens and Safeway uh, pharmacies. Small problem. She's uh, right now. She's waiting to go back to jail because she's about to have a child. I understand. Huh? Oh, big time. She was oh, worth at one point like forty billion dollars, and now not worth a nickel. A nickel. Yeah. So, at first, your your face made it look like you weren't too into this movie or this show, but but you sound like it's pretty good. Huh? I'm trying because my wife really is enjoying it. Oh, I, on the other hand, thing. I, on the other hand, have found Narcos Mexico. <laughs> yeah, oh, you told me that. I gotta check it out. Boy, I had Narcos, so we followed Pablo Escobar. Now we're now we're dealing with the Mexican cartel. Same time, in last night's episode that I was watching. You know, I'm backtracking here, but this is incredible uh two of the actors that played um uh pablo escobar and his one henchman blackie were both in the mexican one last night i'm like oh my gosh this is so awesome because they took boy they took the mexican guy to colombia they took him down to colombia and uh you know uh, good stuff i will say my wife and i decided uh little jonah hill Eddie murphy julia lewis dreyfus uh looked like a pretty good movie so we watched you people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Any good? It was pretty funny. They, you know, is it ends up being one of those where you're very uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. the comedy comes with why is she saying that? You can't oh, yeah. say that. You sure. know, it's called you people. And but that's a cute ending. Great. Lots of lots of uh was famous people. It was really fun. Well, that's good. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into today's movie. Mm-hmm. Uh we're going to go to what I would call a recent classic. A uh movie that uh, started a uh, three-movie franchise that is heralded by most as the pinnacle of the superhero DC comic Batman series. The movie Batman Begins came out on June 15th of 2005. The movie cost $150 million dollars. It's a lot. With a nice box office return of 
$7 million. And I would say more critical, launched the next two movies in the series, uh, The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Uh, Which were good movies. And this trio of movies was incredibly different than the first boot of Batman with Michael Keaton uh, and then later uh, the the others who played Batman. Very less comic book-like, very dark, uh, very uh, earthy. um, Brought up lots of moral questions in the midst of this. Powerfully acted, directed, edited, fill in all the blanks. I, this is a cinematic spectacular. It, yeah, it really I, was. A lot of, lot of big, lot of, like you said, a lot of big stars. Anytime we go back and get backstories, though, of things that we've watched our whole lives, it's always interesting to see yeah. what you're going to get. Well, and also how they alter a story that is so incredibly well known to us. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, most of us have grown up either watching uh, the old uh, goofy Batman on reruns or Batman comics, and uh, all of a sudden we're getting shades and differences in that background story right of how bruce wayne becomes batman now this is directed by uh really one of the uh great directors of our time director and producer at all uh christopher nolan you know known for inception we've done interstellar Interstellar, here on christ culture and cinema uh, Dunkirk. You keep threatening Dunkirk. Oh, yep. Dunkirk's a good movie. And then, you know, he kind of got tied up in, in the production end of things with Man of Steel, uh, Batman versus Robin, yeah, Dawn of Justice. A lot of those. Yeah, and that, yep. that was so not good in comparison to this Batman series and what was going on in Marvel that uh, Warner Brothers blew it all up and they're doing a redo. Uh, right, so we'll see where that we'll all see where goes. It goes. Yeah, yeah. The the one that's interesting, uh, I, I I failed to mention in the beginning when you said it was Batman Begins, and you mentioned all the previous ones. Yeah, in the parentheses of IMDb, it says Batman Five. Yeah, which is kind of weird since we go back to the beginning and all new people. But yeah, um, certainly a big one uh, for Christopher Nolan. We're going to see a lot of people he really likes. Yes, but the interesting one comes with um, uh, what you. I think I pronounced it wrong. Another Oppenheimer. Oh yeah, Oppenheimer. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now the Oppenheimer one. It's Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, and some people we're going to cover here. Yeah, that's his, on the uh, horizon. One coming out that yeah. we're definitely going to have to take a peek at. I think that's a summer release, is it not? Yeah, Oppenheimer. I'd have to check. But it certainly looks like Christopher Nolan's next big uh, box office smash. Yeah, it very well could be. Well, let's take a look at the characters mm. and the cast. Uh, Today, we're going to first start off with, of course, uh, the Dark Knight himself, Batman, uh, a.k.a. also Bruce Wayne, played by Christian Bale. And, you know, I've, I've come to the conclusion Christian Bale is now officially a Christ culture and cinema oh, yeah. favorite. He just is. Yes. It's because um, he's got a wide range of what he can do. We see it here. Holy cow. He's so good. Now, huh. we liked him, uh, you know, in Thor, Love and Thunder. We're mm-hmm. fanboys of that movie. He did a great job yeah. as, uh, you know, Gore the Destroyer of Gods. Uh, Ford versus Ferrari, another movie we covered. That he was playing somebody else and did fabulous job. Oh, my gosh. He fabulous. was so good in that movie. Uh, we covered him in The Big Short. Yeah. Uh, holy cow. He was so good on that one as well. Uh, Vice, where he plays Dick Cheney. 
Uh, Put Ameri- on some weight for that one. He sure did. American Hustle uh, yeah. is another one. American Psycho is really where he became known he became to big. the world. He became big. My, my son tells me, I haven't seen Newsies, but he said he played the lead uh, role in Newsies. Okay. Well, yep. the movie I keep threatening, too. 310 to Yuma. There I you know. go. I saw that one coming. That you is know. so and good. And we keep hearing about Amsterdam. How many times have we mentioned Amsterdam that mm. we haven't? That's one of those newer ones that we're going to have to just well, bite the bullet and watch. Let, let a lot me, of stars in it. Let me tell you about Amsterdam. So well, you've I seen was, it? Uh, well, no, I have not. Oh. Uh so I was, uh, you know, at a meeting, and a pastor friend of mine, who's now retired, uh, talked about he and his wife got this movie pass. So they can go see as many movies as they want a week. So he's sounds like, like the dream to me. Oh, it sounds like our dream job. Absolutely. How do we get that job? Well, he was telling me they went and saw Amsterdam, and he said he goes. It makes the Wolf of Wall Street look tame in the first 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, he says it's pretty rough. It's a rough ride. He goes, it's an f- unbelievable movie. He said it's, you know, it's Hollywood in the 1920s, 30s, I guess, the dawn of Hollywood kind of thing. He goes, it's a little racy. Just, He said, just buckle your seatbelt and get ready to get through that initial deluge. Not when you want to go sit next to your mother uh, and watch it. No, or your okay. mother-in-law. That would be bad. That would be weird. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now, playing... Alfred, the the loyal butler uh, and servant, the late great. Oh, not late. He's, he's still not alive, late. Isn't he? Yeah, that's right. no, he's, he's still alive. Please, I, I miss he's, that. he's on this side of the dirt. Come yeah, on, Mike. No, you know why I shouldn't have said that is he's coming up in Now You See Me three. Oh yes, Michael Caine. Yes, which of course Now You See Me too. He's great. Into, uh, yeah, yeah, he's, he's great just great two. in those. Uh, of course, he was uh, Arthur in the Kingsman. Remember uh, the Kingsman he was. series. Again, a movie we covered, Interstellar. There he was in Interstellar. Oh, I didn't have that. I have an in Inception. He's with, also in uh, Inception. Malk, and he was uncredited in Dunkirk. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, he did like a narration yeah. voice piece in there. Uh, I forgot a movie I was digging around and uh, looking at his career because it just goes all the way back to the, what, the early 1960s. Uh, I, oh, forgot, yeah. I forgot he was in Miss Congeniality. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's such a great movie. So interesting again, wide range, awesome powers gold member. He was in Get Carter both the the two thousand what is that, two thousand seven version and yeah. the nineteen seventy one version. Yeah. I, I was surprised to see that. <laughs> the Muppets Christmas Carol. Of course. You've heard me mention Mr. Destiny because I use that scene for Michael Kane. Oh, uh, I know Kane you love that movie, the, right. About how things change. Right. Sweet Liberty. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Victory was sly. Oh, victory. You know, he's been in a yeah. lot. He's good. Well, don't forget Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Love it. Oh, my Love gosh. It. Is he yeah. so good in that? Now, playing Raz Al Ghul, who's the kind of, uh, call him what it is, he's the sensei of the of the Dark Shadows. Uh, Raz Al Ghul is played by Ken Watanabe. Now, we know Ken Watanabe from Inception. We're hearing it again. Holy cow. Chris Nolan likes him. Godzilla, The Last Samurai. And I've talked about doing The Last Samurai. That's a love that movie. And then Isle of Dogs. That, that movie keeps coming up. And I, I think we might eventually have to do Isle of Dogs. Don't forget uh, Transformers, both The Last Night and The Age of Extinction. Oh, yeah. There's a couple yeah. Transformer movies. Yeah. Then, if you if you want to go check it out, folks, he has been in a plethora of Japanese movies. What is a plethora? A whole bunch. A wide variety. <laughs> a lot. Now, playing Ducard is one of our favorites again, Liam Neeson. 
And Liam Neeson, again, is in so many great things in a wide variety. Um, Kingdom of Heaven, Les yeah. Miserables, Schindler's List. He'll always be Oscar Schindler. Voice in the Lego movie, The A-Team. You know, he's Hannibal Lecter. Clash of the Titans, where he's Zeus. Men in Black 3, you know, international. Uh He's in Taken, one, one two, two, and three. And three. Yep. Somebody uh, put a meme up, said he's going to be in Taken four. It's when they finally just take him. Take him. Um, but well, we he, know him most, he, most notably now for being in the Star Wars genre. Because he showed up yep. in Obi-Wan, and I think he's going to have a role in the next series of Obi-Wan. So he does have a very specific set of skills. And he will use those <laughs> skills. I had that as my uh, answering machine for a while. My, my and answer, I will find you. can't call it an answering machine anymore, can you? Yeah, it's no, my voicemail. No. Uh, Chronicles of Narnia, Lion, yeah. Witch in the Wardrobe, and Prince Caspian. Yeah. yeah. Gangs of New York. Yeah. Les Mis. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's big time. He's big time. So Anchorman 2, come on. Well, of course. And, you know, he works, I believe, in Anchorman 2, which is he in? Is he, he works for the History Channel. I believe he's the uh, History Channel. <laughs> In the that, game. That's the ghost of Stonewall Jackson. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my Should word. not have got you going on oh, there. Oh, I, right. we I think we're going to have to do Anchorman 2, just uh, because you mentioned it. Uh, now, playing Rachel Dawes is Katie Holmes. And, uh, you know, I thought she had this huge career. But I guess, you know... Not bad. Not bad. She's she's got some good ones. But my sense is, you know, being there with uh, Tom Cruise for a while kind of derailed that a little bit. Uh, She has an uncredited role in Ocean's 8. She does. Uh, Dear Dictator. I think that was the one where North Korea was threatening to... uh, uh, terminate those who worked on that movie. I'm not sure. Oh, boy. Uh, we mentioned this movie last week with Al Pacino, Jack and Jill. Yeah. Yes, oh, we did. Word. That movie is so terrible. I'm just bad. sorry. It's bad. Uh, thank you for smoking. I forgot she was in that. And that used to come up quite a bit in, I think, seasons two and three. Okay. A lot of people were in that. What else do you have I, for her? I have Coda. as one of my more recent ones. I haven't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, Logan Lucky, mm-hmm. The Giver. She was with her uh, old, uh, was he boyfriend, husband, whatever time period it was, day and night. Oh, day and night, that's right. Three episodes of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, uh, that's right. Underdogs. Yeah. Phone Booth, which was actually, I, I didn't think it'd be good. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Wonder Boys and Muppets from Outer Space. Muppets from Outer Space. Can't argue with Muppets from Outer Space, baby. That's there, Katie Holmes. This is true. Now, playing Jim Gordon is Gary Oldman. And we love Gary Oldman. He's a uh, well. He's another one that's becoming uh, fast a uh, Christ culture and cinema favorite. We we covered him in uh, the Darkest Hour. I'll tell you, folks, go back and listen to that podcast and go watch that movie. He plays Winston Churchill, and he is brilliant in that movie. Oh my gosh, is that so good? Uh, he's also in the Hitman's Bodyguard. I mean, come on, th- those are fabulous. Hitman's Bodyguard, and then in sequel, The Hitman's Bodyguard's Wife is another good one. Uh, The Space Between Us, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. He was in the reboot of RoboCop. But, of course, we'll always know him as Sirius Black in the Harry Potter series. I had totally forgot. He was in Air Force One. Oh, yeah. Totally forgot he was in that. Uh, Fifth Element. Hilarious in Fifth Element. Love the Fifth Element. JFK. Yeah. Hannibal. Yeah. Um, but the new Oppenheimer. 
Yeah, if he's know, one he's that's popping up there so. in Christopher Nolan land. Yeah, sure. we, again, just having him in the Darkest Hour, he's getting up there in Christ Culture and Cinema, too. So. He sure is. Now, playing Dr. Jonathan Crane, who is also going to be known as Scarecrow, is Cillian Murphy. And here again, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, he's really bracked it up. I didn't realize I had that. no idea. He seems to be everywhere. Here's just a few that I wrote down. Inception, Dunkirk, uh, uh, The Party. How about this one? Tron Legacy. That kind of surprised me. Tron Intermission. Legacy. What else do you have? Those are some of the ones have, that jumped uh, out at me. I have me. Transcendence with Morgan Freeman, who will be coming up. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Quiet Place. Okay. Yeah, and of course uh, Oppenheimer. Yeah, Oppenheimer. Yeah, so he's going to be in that. Christopher Nolan obviously has a little, little shine to him. Yeah, he sure does. Now yeah. playing, I love this one. Carmine Falcone playing the the the, the mobster. Carmine Falcone, Tom Wilkinson, and you want to talk about some great movies that oh, a guy has been excellent. in? Excellent. Yeah. Michael Clayton, mm-hmm. The Full Monty. Uh, the one I keep threatening to do, we're going to do it. The Grand Budapest Hotel. I keep hearing you say it. Oh, it's going to make your have head, to watch it. It's going to make your head hurt. It's not your kind of movie, but it is a great movie. Uh, Snowden, uh, Selma. Mm-hmm. I forgot he was in the Lone Ranger. Yep, yep, yep. I'm one of the few who actually enjoyed the Lone Ranger. I haven't seen it. it it's terrible, but it's <laughs> but it was entertaining. It's terrible, but I enjoyed. But it was it. I you enjoyed know, it. Hey. It was entertaining. You know, uh, he was in the Green Hornet. Is that another one that you really enjoyed that was terrible? I actually enjoyed the Green Hornet, and it was terrible too. I have to. This is like I've true. Heard you say that. This is true confession day at Christ Culture and Cinema. How many horrible movies do I enjoy? Uh, those are two I actually would sit and watch again. They're not that bad. Oh boy, bad. I haven't watched them the first time. Uh, he was in Valkyrie. Okay. Uh, which is not a bad movie either. That got panned because nobody spoke with a German accent. Yeah. Well, uh, so what? So what? Who cares? And then he, I forgot he was in The Patriot. I loved him. In the oh, well, and I the, didn't love him. He was, you know, yeah, he was that character. They but, had to go after him. Yeah, red coat. But it's okay. Um, well, he had 131 credits, so yeah. he has a lot. But I had Rush Hour. Oh, good I movie. Love, we love Rush love Hour. That one. Sure. Uh, Mission Impossible: Ghost Protocol. Mm. So you know, a couple that he he definitely stands out. Yeah, he's a great actor. Now playing Floss, uh, who's kind of dirty cop. Call it what it is. He's dirty yeah. cop. Mark Boone Jr. Just love his name, Mark Boone Mark Jr. Boone. Uh, and he has been in Too Fast, Too Furious. Uh, uh, that is not necessarily a good thing. Well, it's yeah. good. It, obviously, it's held the time. You know, ten this of them. Is true, but, but to be in the second one and only the second one. Uh, well, this is true. But anyway. he was a villain in the second one, he was. so it's okay. Uh, he was in an episode of The Mandalorian. <clears throat> Oh, uh, I didn't have yeah, that. Yeah, and here's one that surprised me. He was in Tron Uprising. Tron Uprising, yeah. Uh, Armageddon. I know you like Armageddon. That's Love. one of your your big movies. Love Armageddon. Yeah, what else do you have him in? I got him in uh, The Get Carter, which, uh, again, we heard earlier. Sure. Uh, General's Daughter. No, oh, that's right. Thin Red Line. Uh, the seven with Morgan Freeman. Yeah. Of course, Morgan Freeman sent so There were so many. quite a few that popped up with yeah. Seven, by the way. I noticed that. Some of the lesser. Yeah, it is a good movie. We could do that one. But, but the biggest one we probably know. Uh, Mark Boone Jr. for his 92 episodes of Sons of Anarchy. That's true. How, so. how could we forget that? Mm-hmm. Now, playing Lucius now, Fox. Before we go to Morgan, let's leave him okay. last. I got one more. Oh, throw Rutger it. Rutger Hauer. Uh, if you don't know Rutger Hauer, uh, he uh-huh. plays Earl in this. Yeah. Um, and he's in some, you know, the Iron Mask, Nostradamus, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, sure. Blade Runner. 
But I saw him growing up in blind fury. And because he was this blind guy with a stick that was saving this boy, uh-huh. I don't know why I got caught into that movie. But anytime I see him in a movie now, yeah. I you think he's, he's not really blind? Because he was so good in that movie, growing up, blind fury. So so, so really what you're yeah. telling me, he was he was daredevil without the uh, costume? Kind of. Kind of. He, he, you know, 175 credits died, yeah. died in 2019. Yeah, so, yeah. In memory of Rutger. There you go. So let's get to the one of the let's ghosts. Get, well, you got to get to the you know what really one of the so big good. characters in the movie is Lucius Fox, played by played by Morgan Freeman. That is one of those voices. His oh, James boy. Earl Jones. I mean, there's certain voices yeah. when you hear, you know, Matthew McConaughey now. All right, all right, all right. Exactly. Yeah. But Morgan Freeman. Uh, we love Morgan Freeman. He's so good. And let's just consider. He plays the stepfather in the hitman hitman's wife's bodyguard. Have you seen <laughs> yeah, that movie? I have not. Okay, yet. I, seen, I challenge seen you. This is a challenge, a Christ culture and cinema challenge. I gotta watch that one. You need to watch the hitman's bodyguard and the hitman's wife's bodyguard. I think I've seen the first one. Oh, you gotta watch I, the I second. Think I've seen the first one. When when you discover that Morgan Freeman is uh, is his. Uh, Stepfather, it is hilarious. hilarious. Oh my gosh, so good. Uh, Now You See Me, one and two. Uh Uh, London Has Fallen. Uh, The Lego Movie, Uh, voice and hair. Unforgiven. I always forget that he's in this classic Western that won Clint Eastwood an Academy Award. I mean, that's a big role in that movie. Big one. One of my favorite movies that I can watch over and over with him in it, Lucy. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. That is such in a good one. The end movie. drives me crazy. Don't get me wrong. I, I hate the end, but it's a good It's movie. okay. The end yeah. is okay. Olympus has fallen. Red. Uh, how about the- London. Angel has fallen. They got all those. London has fallen. Yeah. Angel has fallen. How about the know. bucket list? Yep. Jack Nicholson. That's oh, funny. my gosh. Is that a great movie? Bruce Almighty. He's God in the movie. He I mean, is come God. on. Uh, of course- Christ Culture and Cinema movie, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank, my favorite. A movie we keep talking about. It keeps uh, popping up with some of these actors. Amistad. Mm -hmm. And then one I totally forgot, and he has such a great role in it, 1989. We're going to go to the Wayback Machine. Which one? Glory. Glory. I love Glory. Oh, so good with Matthew Broderick. You don't have Ted 2 now? Okay, so I you have to, of all people don't have all right. So I have to admit, I showed my <laughs> wife a video last night, and it's it's uh, it's Ted the Teddy Bear and Mark Wahlberg sitting there. Hey, what do you want to do tonight? Let's go down to the comedy club and and uh, shout out shout out obnoxious things that they have to act out on the stage. You know, and they do the shout out things, and they uh-huh. go, "All right, give us a historical event," and they yell out, nine eleven. Oh gosh, and. Uh, okay. Give, how about uh, give us give us a give us a famous comedian, Robin Williams. Okay, so okay, we're not gonna do. We didn't hear that. Uh, I heard Starbucks. No, he said nine eleven and, and Robin Williams. <laughs> I oh have got to watch that. Oh it my is, goodness, they're so bad and they're so, so funny. Oh my gosh. So that's so, that's uh, a little bit of the. I, com- I got a little more from. Oh, you got. I know a little, we're gonna move on to the uh, movie, but I can't I, move on. Come to America too. Uh, you know, I didn't it, see that. I haven't you, you watched it. You don't need to. It's um, Invictus. Invictus is a good movie. Uh, Million Dollar Baby. I, I think you mentioned that one. Yeah, Million Dollar uh, Baby. Lean, Lean on Me. Sorry, as a teacher, love Lean on Me. Love yeah. Driving Miss Daisy. Oh yeah. Um, you know, just Oblivion. He, he's good. He is just again. He's got 147 credits. If so we, we could go all day. Baby. If we took in this movie Michael Caine, 
and Morgan Freeman and just talked about their careers. It'd be beautiful. It would be stunning. So good. Stunning the careers these guys had. Now, let's let's jump into the movie a little bit. Let's talk about Batman uh, and how this movie begins, Batman Begins. We all kind of know the story of Batman. You know, Batman's uh, father, Thomas Wayne, and his mother uh, are, are killed in front of him. Uh, horrible story. You know, he, they're murdered. He's a little kid. He, he doesn't have any other siblings. He's, he's left to the care in the will uh, to Alfred uh, and the Wayne estate, so to speak. And he's, you know, the, the Waynes were the billionaires in Gotham City. They are the, the wealthiest of the wealthy, philanthropic in their living and doing. Thomas Wayne was a doctor, but had used all of the monies that he had made and resourced over the years to try to make Gotham a better place. But herein lies the problem for Bruce Wayne uh, as a young man as he's growing up. It's the conundrum that he lives in a really awful, awful city. Even though he's living in the giant estate on the outskirts of the city, the city itself that his father is constantly trying to uh, assist, bless, make better, continues to rebel and get darker and darker and darker. Uh, And the end result of all of this is Bruce Wayne disappears. And that's the premise in this particular movie. Bruce Wayne vanishes. And we find him, you know, somewhere in southeastern Asia and presumably making his way to uh, Tibet, uh, uh, Nepal, uh, somewhere there in that neck of the woods where he makes his way into the the guild of Raj Agul and the Dark Shadows, where he is learning and training to, in essence, be a ninja. Uh, but these are ninjas with a with a slightly different attitude. They're not only trying to uh, rectify wrong; they're also carrying out the punishment. Uh, he he finds himself being highly trained and highly skilled. But they're not only the judge, they are the jury, they are the executioner. Right. And Bruce Wayne, he struggles with that moral conundrum. Does he have the right and the authority to do that? Uh, And he brings down the entire House of Dark Shadows uh, and flees. You know, it's a, it's a great scene in the movie. I mean, beautiful cinematography. I love when he and Ducard are sliding down the uh, the snowy mountain, uh, kind of out of control. Oh, and, and here, Bruce Wayne had the opportunity to let go of Ducard, to end this character right there. And what does Batman do? What does the, you know, soon-to-be Batman do? He reaches out his hand, and he saves him. And he leaves him there. Uh, to give him the chance to oh boy change his life well exactly maybe should have let him go I'm not really sure exactly well Bruce Wayne finds his way back to Gotham where all of a sudden he shows up at the board meeting and he's back nobody expects this this is a huge turn in the movie uh, but what we discover is upon his return he wants to take his newfound skills his newfound abilities. And he becomes a creature of the night. He becomes the Batman. I was going to say, creature of the night. Well, it is. A it cre- is. It is. He it is, is a creature he's, of the night. He's the man. He's the man. He's out there at yeah. night, and he's he's finding the criminals. He's uh, catching the criminals. He's tying up the criminals. He's leaving the criminals for the police. 
Now, with that being said, he has two people helping him. Number one is Alfred. Alfred knows he's doing this because Alfred sees the beatings he's taking, the marks on his body, the pain and the like that he's in. The other is Lucius Fox, who works for his father's corporation, works for Wayne Enterprise, Enterprises, and uh, introduces... Bruce Wayne to all of these, in the words of the first Batman movie with Jack Nicholson, all of these wonderful toys. Uh, we find the the tumbler, the Batmobile. We find the the cape that can turn into basically wings, so yeah. he can fly. And Lucius on and on is and good. On. Lucius is is also a guy that is helping Bruce Wayne. Now I want to stop at this moment because Bruce Wayne in this movie could have gone down. Two very distinctly different paths. He could have followed the path of Ra's al Ghul uh, and the Dark Shadows and been the guy who exacted vengeance and justice. He could have been that guy. Uh, Or he could have gone down the path where he comes alongside, is assisting, is helping the police in ways in which they could not do. Right. Uh, You know, so this is kind of an interesting moment. And enter into the midst of this conundrum is. Uh, Dr. Jonathan uh, Crone and uh, better uh, Crane and known as the Scarecrow in this movie. Uh, So there is this is the kind of the arch villain in this movie that he's going after. There's a lot of things that could have turned where Batman could have gotten really, really dark. And yet he walks along this edge and he Mm -hmm. always remains to the side of righteousness. I think we've all been in a place where we've harbored anger. But he got scared at a musical, asked to leave. Yeah. They end up leaving out of... This can't be a spoiler alert. This is 2005. No, no. They leave out the alley, and his parents get shot. Mm -hmm. You can only imagine the guilt. He he mentions it. I think it was mentioned to Michael Caine, to Mm -hmm. to Alfred, how he killed them. So first he's taken the the guilt of of getting his parents murdered Mm -hmm. and the anger of losing them. You can imagine how dark this could have gone. I mean, yeah. I, I think I mentioned to you similarities between him and the Joker. When the upbringing comes and, yeah. and which way do you go? Where's your mind go? Where do you get help from? Right. This could have been a dark movie. Which you know? to me comes back to Tom, uh, Bruce Wayne's pursuit for community mm-hmm. that provides meaning and value. And, and I love that part of the movie when he's over with the Dark Shadows learning from Ra's al Ghul because you really think he's found his sense of belonging and purpose until he realizes they have a different moral barometer than he does. Right. Now he comes back to Gotham City where Alfred is awaiting him. Uh, Some of his other friends like Rachel Dawes is awaiting him. Uh, He meets Lucius Fox. And all of a sudden he has a very different community. And that community constantly is reminding him of not to cross that line, to remain on the side of righteousness. Um, Where do you find your community? I think this is really a a big question this movie continually challenges us with because Batman is such a solitary character. I always find it awkward when you uh, get later on in the comic book world and you get into the Justice League and Batman is kind of the elder statesman, the purveyor of the Justice League. Right. That isn't Batman. You know, Batman is a solitary, dark, you know, the next movie, it's going to be the Dark Knight. Uh, but but that's where Christian Bale's brilliant. Because yeah. if this was Michael Keaton, yeah. it's not dark. 
No. Not dark. No, and with Christian Bale it is, which really drives me to the sense of our life in community and the necessity of community. We need other people around us. You know, maybe we don't have a Lucius Fox who's coming up with all these cool gadgets and toys that make our lives into a superhero or an Alfred who is a seeing eye in the sky, so to speak, and overseeing all of our affairs so that we can go be, uh, you know, kind of the, they call him a vigilante. I don't really see Batman as a vigilante. I see him as one uh, supporting the police who cannot do what needs to be done in this particular frame of movie. Um, but we all need that community and we have different yes, people that serve different roles. You know, it's um, one of my favorite uh, writers of the 20th century is Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Uh, and he wrote a wonderful little book called Life Together. It's one of the one of the more challenging reads, I would tell you, of the 20th century. He wrote this in the shadow of Nazi Germany, Free Lutheran Church, writing it for a community, a seminary community that was independent of of the Nazi regime. And, uh, you know, he writes this about community. He says, Christian community means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. There is no Christian community that is more than this and none that is less than this, whether it be a brief single encounter or the daily community of many years. Christian community is solely this. We belong to one another only through and in Jesus. Uh, and, you know, I realize Batman is not a Jesus movie by any stretch, but don't, don't you get the <laughs> sense that Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, really belongs to Alfred and Lucius and Rachel, and in turn, they belong to him. That this is a kind of micro-community, and then bring in, you know, Jim Gordon as well, and all of a sudden, this community is holding each other accountable. They're they're staying on the straight and narrow as they're pursuing the scarecrow. Uh, and it prevents Batman, aka Bruce Wayne, from drifting into that really dark place that right. is always there. It's always he's right on the edge of it. Well and, and, and Thomas Wayne is not somebody that they're gonna build around. It's not the Jesus figure. Here. No. Right. No. But but it is what he stood for. It yes. is this idea of what he raised all these people and, and paid them and had the, yeah. the corporation. I mean, it was his when when they have that scene at the beginning and he's in the subway. Yeah. And here's the guy in the tux on the subway telling everybody why it's so important we have all this. But he had a belief. He wanted those people to live in a safe community. He had a love for people. Yeah. And in his memory is what a lot of that was built around. Well, and consider how Bruce, his son, honors that. Mm-hmm. He still believes he does. that that is possible. He still believes. He doesn't try to avenge it. He honors it. It's a totally different mindset. Yeah, it sure but he has is. to work through that. Yeah, and yeah. he needed community to get there. He's not getting there on his own. No, he never is because that's why he vanishes yeah. over to you know Tibet, Nepal, wherever it is he disappears to, where he meets Rajah Ghul. Where he was learning a specific set of skills, and he's going to use those skills. <laughs> and I will find you. No, that's the wrong love movie. Oh, no, I'm sorry. We love him. <clears throat> oh my gosh! <laughs> now we're going to have to do Taken. We'll, we have to do Taken. We, we can do the entire episode in Liam Neeson's voice. Wouldn't that be good? I, don't I gotta, know. I gotta find that voice message thing. It was so funny. Oh my gosh! Well, this is this is really a brilliant movie. I, I would highly, highly recommend 
Batman Begins and the whole trilogy. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go back and rewatch Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises because obviously they did such a great job oh, setting it so up. So good. Well, and everybody focuses on the second movie, the the Dark Knight, the Dark Knight, right. because this is where you know we we run into second sixth. Well, it's, it's where we run into the Joker, <laughs> yeah. played by Heath Ledger, who wins the Academy Award posthumously because he dies um, yeah. overdose. Uh, brilliant brilliant movie it's one that is the most disturbing by the way joker of all the jokers it is it to me it, it's just yeah. it 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 unnerves you because you never know why he is so chaotic the movie the joker which we've covered uh you know why he's chaotic yeah. you totally get it and to me we can parallel the joaquin phoenix joker with the christian bale batman and you, we could do a Christ Culture and Cinema episode oh. paralleling what happens in in community versus the lack of community, yeah. and to see how these two characters are incredibly different. I, you know, we could almost what have we been doing this over a hundred episodes now? But yeah. the number of times we talk community, I mean, that's true for today. Oh, good heavens! Somebody yes. struggling. What is their community? Are they in community? When we talk even in our church body about communion and this idea of unity together, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, how important it is that, yeah, it's, you know, that's where Dietrich is. Uh, oh, Dietrich is absolutely right. Spot on. Spot you on. know, I'm going to end with this word from scripture today because Bring it's, it. you know, Psalm 133, verse 1. And this is how Bonhoeffer starts the book How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. Mm. And you know what? For Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, because he had a community, he could be Batman and not the Joker. Not the Joker. You know, just yep. something to think about, which leads us to our question of the day. Where, what is your community? Who is in that circle that helps you, assists you, blesses you, keeps you on the straight and narrow, calls you back when you're doing dumb things? How do you define that community? Who's in it? Why are these people important to you? Now... Yep. Having asked, uh, asked and answered that question for yourselves, uh, consider leaving a rating and a review of our little podcast here. Uh, we've got more episodes in the queue. We're excited about Super uh, excited. And if you listen to this podcast within the first six days it dropped... And you're in the Phoenix area. Yeah, hey, come, come on. tell us personally what you think. Come on by, because we're going to be at Best Practices at Christ Church Lutheran and Indian Schoolhouse Road in Phoenix on Thursday and Friday of next week. And uh, hey, stop on by, and if you pick up the book, uh, we'll have some books with us of Christ, Culture, and Cinema, How Faith and Film Intersects. Uh, I'll be glad to sign it. Michael and I'd be glad to even take a picture with you. If you, if you want a picture of the two of us, I'd be a little weird, but... Uh, I don't know. What do you think, Michael? A picture of the two of us? Uh, if you want to, I'll try to do my best to look, you know, presentable. Well, we do have some giveaways, don't we? We do. We do have some goodies. Come got, by and get them. That's better than the picture. Yeah, we got some movie candy and some uh, some golf tees and other good stuff to give away. Now, next week, next week we're going to be uh, going to I think a really incredibly well done movie. Did not do well at the box office, but this was a movie of passion done by Mark Wahlberg. Next week, we're going to take a look at Father Stew. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. Thank you for joining us for Batman Begins during our summer hiatus. 
Next week, we're going to turn to a movie that we were asked by Netflix to preview back in January. This Rob Lowe movie is sentimental, but has great depth of story. That movie is doggone. Thank you for joining us for Christ, Culture, and Cinema with the Dr. Jeffrey Skopak and his assistant, Michael Pop. Until next time, we'll see you at the movies. <laughs>